knows how well we do that sometimes because, well, it's, it's hard to look within yourself. It's hard to admit things about who we are as individuals. My sister called me the other day and, and she was asking me about something and she, she said to me, you're, you're a little snarky, aren't you? Snarky. And I went and laughed and I... I guess that was a nice way of saying I was a little sarcastic. Me? A man of the cloth? I would be snarky? Well, I probably was. And, you know... So I could cough. (laughs) So, what I want to look at, this idea of being spiritual or carnal. This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 5. He said, those who are dominated, and that's a very important word, by the way, dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. So letting our sinful nature control our mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control our mind leads to life and peace. And then he says in the next verse, in verse 7, For the sinful nature is also always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Now, I don't know about you, but my life sort of goes in ebbs and you know, valleys, right? I mean, peaks and valleys. Why is that? Well, I believe that part of the problem is, is that my, my flesh, my nature, my human nature gets in the way of my spiritual nature. I'm one of these people that wakes up in the morning thinking about food, Some of you know what that's like, right? I drive my wife crazy by what are we having for dinner? I haven't even had breakfast yet. And I'm already thinking about dinner. I did this. What are we having for dinner tomorrow? What do you. We haven't even gotten through today. Well, it's important to me. And probably because growing up in my home, food was comfort. How many know what that means? You know, I mean, sit down with a good plate of, oh man, apple pie and ice cream. Mm. How many want to go out to lunch at Perkins with me? <laughs> but, but the problem here is that <coughs> we have to ask ourselves, which is in control? What's controlling me? Is it my spirit, the, the, the spiritual part of my life, or is it the carnal part of my life? And quite frankly, the carnal gets in the way. I really enjoyed worship today. I really, really did. Um, Partly because I felt like I was reaching into the heavens. And you know, sometimes in worship, it feels like we can't even get out of the gutter. And that's sad. But sometimes our spiritual life doesn't seem to get anywhere. Our time that we're spending in devotion doesn't get anywhere. Why? Because it's rote. It's because what we do all the time. You know, I think sometimes we think, I'm spiritual because, well, look where I am. I must be spiritual. I I said a prayer. I got baptized. 
I wear a cross. I got a bumper sticker. Look at me. I must be a spiritual person. No, you're not. How do I know? I saw you in Walmart yesterday. That's how I know. I'm the guy that cut you off. Remember me? Remember what you called me? You all know what that's like, right? We do that. We have words for people that we're not going to admit we say here. (laughs) I have to... Bruce, if... Well, I don't know where you are listening today, but if I say something, just mute me, okay? But but the more I think about this, the more I struggle with this, here's a a poem that... that, uh, my son-in-law shared with me. He said, two natures beat within my breast. The one is foul, the other one is blessed. The one I love, the one I hate, the one I feed will dominate. And the question ultimately is, which one is dominating me? And you see, the problem is, is that I have, as I said, these ups and downs and sometimes we're we're good we got our our flesh our spirit under control we're we're allowing the things of god to dominate over us and lead us and direct us other times i don't know if it's the wrong side of the bed or what but it's like what happened to me i had such a good day i got up this morning and uh, my dog woke me up at quarter to four i did not get up I laid in bed until quarter to five and got up. I got up on the same side of the bed I always get up on, and yet this morning I'm more irritable. Why? Because of the dog or because of the dreams that I had last night? The dreams that, that I woke up and I thought I had a migraine headache and I realized that I didn't have a migraine headache. It was in my dream that I had a migraine headache and it didn't carry over into my real life. But how many times have you had a dream that's put you in a funk? That's put you in a place of irritability, of anger, of whatever, and you get up and you're already snapping at people. Uh, am I talking to the right people here? We, we all do that, right? I mean, don't raise their hand, okay? <coughs> I should have done it this way. Don't raise their hand. No, but seriously, we do that. And, and it's a struggle. And there's two natures beating inside of me. You've heard the story of the two wolves. The two wolves that are fighting good and evil. Which one wins? The other one you feed wins. I did a video this morning on spirituality. On, on, on the fact that Jesus said in, in, in John chapter 4, I believe it is, said that he was talking to the woman at the well, and he said that it, worship, true worship, true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. Well, define that for me. What does that actually look like? And why is it that we can be here one day, one Sunday, and we can walk out of here and go, wow, the Spirit of God was here. And the next Sunday we go, not so much. For what reason? Is it God or is it us? 
I've walked into settings that the Spirit of God was so strong that it reminded me of the story in the Old Testament where the priests and everyone were prostrate before the Lord and they couldn't do anything. They couldn't get up. That's the kind of life I want. That's the kind of experience that I want. That's what I, how I want to be living. Why? Because then the Spirit oozes out of us to others. And they go, whoa, what are you wearing? Because it is overpowering to me. Yeah, it's God. That's what I'm wearing. It's not my cologne. Don't you want that? Isn't that what our desire is? That, that people walk in and they feel and experience the presence of God, the presence of God in such a way that they're transformed. I want that so much. I desire that. But you see, we can be living a carnal life while we're looking righteous and holy. <coughs> How's that? <coughs> oh. I don't know why, but the fall of the year gets to asthma for me. I don't. It's not my asthma. I don't know whose asthma it is. But it was. Speaking of not, this is a bunny rabbit. I was going to take someone's name off the thing and put it on and just see how many know would know that that's not me. <laughs> but anyway. But seriously, going back to this, how can we live a carnal life and, and look and yet be doing all the righteous and, and holy things, and and yet we're not holy and righteous. But, you know, you see that, don't you? You see that in people. They, 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 they take pride in... Listen, I was in a place in my life that I was righteous. And I could look around and tell you whether or not you were righteous or you were carnal. How could I do that, you say? Well, simple. I knew that, that godly people wore a three-piece suit. Oh, yeah. And they had the right Bible translation. And it was not the New Living Translation that I'm using, or the NIV, or any of those modern ones. I had a great opinion about what was right before God. And I realized, and God convicted me one day, that I was driving more people away from the gospel than I was bringing in. And I realized that I was grieving God himself. And I, I coined a phrase back then that said that you are the most dangerous to the kingdom of God when you're right. Because when you're right, everyone else is wrong. I was talking to someone. I had a friend of mine, a state trooper. We were having breakfast one day, and he was Mormon. And he said to me, Bernie, can a Mormon get into heaven? I said, Darren... He's got as much chance as a Baptist or an alliance. You see, it's not the organization I belong to. It is my heart. It is the heart that is sold out to God. <laughs> and yet we can be living a double life. And, and, and really what I want to challenge you on is not whether or not you're living a double life, but, but whether or not you are willing to work on living the life that God called you to. Because it's not easy. It's not easy walking the walk that God has called us to walk. If you read some of the stories of saints of old, they didn't live perfect lives. And yet, you know, we have Facebook today and everybody on Facebook looks perfect. 
I, I laughed. I was looking, watching someone's post recently and I was thinking, if you looked at their post, you would not know they had any problems at all in their lives. But I happen to know that they have some huge issues going on. They're battling. You see, I need to find ways for God to convict in me what is carnal, what is not wanting in His realm of life, of His sphere. I need to be open to the conviction power of the Holy Spirit. That's why I think it's so important what the psalmist said, Search me, O God. Reveal to me what's in my heart that I might not sin against you. You ever get angry? Here's something that you can think about. Anger, I do not believe that anger, although it's a problem, I don't believe it's the problem. Why? Why is that? Well, because anger is a smokescreen for the real issue. In other words, if, if you're feeling devalued and unworthy about something, someone, something that someone is saying, you will get angry. And your anger is trying to protect that sensitive area in your life. And so you come off angry. You might have rage. But all that is doing is trying to protect the hurt how do you deal with it? Deal with the anger? No, you find out what the hurt is. I've often told people, <coughs> I have to cover that up, otherwise I'm going to blast that again. I've often told people, when you get angry, think about what that reminds you of. Where does it take you to? Are there any smells? Does it remind you of a time in your life? All sorts of questions, because you need to find out what's really going on in you. I remember a number of years ago, Helen and I were having this wonderful time in our marriage. Not. And someone said, what do you want? And I said, I want my wife to be happy. Well, that's great for her, but what do you want? Oh, I want my wife to be happy. Well, that's great for her. What do you want? Five times they asked the same questions, and five times I gave the same answer, and the sixth time I blew up. I said, why do you care what I want when my, no one in my life has ever cared what I wanted? And I went, uh-oh, I didn't know I thought that. And I realized at that point that I needed to start to look at what I want. Now, obviously, you can see that we're together, and we didn't get together last week. But it's hard sometimes to self, do self-reflection and see what's going on inside of us, because that's where the problem with the, with the carnality happens. It's in us, because we react. We don't respond. We react to things. James says it this way, Remember, it is sin to know what... You ought to do and then not do it. And so if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, but I cannot figure out why I'm doing it, then I need to get into the whys. I need to start looking at what is fueling that behavior. I grew up as a, as a young man very angry. Extremely angry. And it came out in a lot of different ways. But until I got to the root causes of that anger, the anger never changed. I had to find out what was going on. I knew what I didn't want to do. Paul said it this way, the very things I desire to do, I what? I don't do. Why not? I got to get to the real reason of what's fueling that. I got to get to the flesh part of my life. Because I want to be spiritual, but the flesh is getting in my way. 
The scriptures. I mean, if you read the scriptures, look, I got mine bar, marked up. I've got tabs in it for finding where I am in my different reading time. But, and they'll tell you how to live. They'll tell you how to talk. They'll tell you how to be, do honoring things. Talks about what we are to celebrate. We can know all those things. We can know all the spiritual things to do, and yet our flesh gets in the way from us doing it. How would the people that know you describe you? How would they do that? Would they say that you're a spiritual person or you're a carnal person? I'll tell you the best one to ask is your spouse. And then be prepared. Why? Here's what my wife might say. I didn't ask her this on the way here, but I thought about it later. And, and she would first say, it probably it depends. And then I'd say, well, what do you mean it depends? And she says, well, it depends on whether things are going your way or not. Right? We can be very spiritual when things are going our way, but let things go not our way, and a different side of us comes out. Let, let there be interruptions to your plans, and what happens? You go to Walmart, and it's crazy day at Walmart. And you're behind, and four people get in the same aisle, and they all, none of them move. And where you need to get to is where all four of them are congregated talking. What does that do to you? I'll bless them. I'll bless you, bless you, bless you. I'll go around. No, you don't. You fume and go around. Maybe that's a good time to say, Lord, what do I do with this? Maybe that's part of what we need to learn how to do. Ask God. God, what do I do with this? Listen, in the, in, in, when Jesus went to the, the well, the Samaritan woman, the King James says that Jesus went because the disciples were going, no, 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 no. We Jews do not go to Samaria. And Jesus said, I must needs to. I have to do this. I've got to go. Why? Because he looked beyond the, the, the flesh decisions, the fleshly answers, the fleshly uh, thoughts. And, and, and from there, he chose to do what the Father was doing. I don't know about you, but I can, I can get into a fleshly thinking very quickly. Very quickly. He, he, you want to know? You want to know how spiritual are spiritual you are? And by the way, you do this to yours, not mine. Look at your Amazon account. You're so quiet. Look at your Amazon account. Look where you spend money. Look at your checkbook. Look at the toys you have, guys. Girls. We have toys. Oh yeah, we have toys. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. My wife can tell you what I do. I, I love pens, by the way. Anybody else like pens? Praise God, there's a few of you. 
I think God's going to have a collection of pens for us up there. and I don't know what kind they're going to be, but I love pens. All kinds of pens. I love fountain pens. I, I, I love cartridge. I, oh, I love them. And, and typically, you'd be surprised, but oftentimes I'll have eight pens with me. You never know in case one runs out of ink, right? Yeah. But how will you know whether or not you're being spiritual or carnal? Ask other people. Ask people who you trust. Ask people that you know. How do you see me as? Do you see me as a carnal person or as a spiritual person? Why is that important? Because you need to know. We are the worst ones to know. Here's another way that you can do it. This is odd, I know, but you can do this. When you're in the bathroom tomorrow, today, today, later, look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, are you a spiritual or carnal person? You might be surprised what the opposite what you are going to tell you. Why? Because when you're looking at self, it's yourself, it's harder to lie to yourself. And the thing is, is God is calling us to what? To be his followers. Jesus said, come follow me. And be what? Be fishers of men. Oh, I thought he called me to sit in the pew. No, he called you to go. That's what he called you to do. He said, go and be my disciples. Go into all the world. Oh, but Lord, you don't know what the world is like around me. I mean, well, I don't like those people. So? They're your neighbors. Love them. Remember this. You can't change what you won't admit. Are we doing another song, by the way? We can't change what you won't admit. You can't change that part of you that God wants to change in your life if you don't admit that it's even there. And finally, and this is the important part, what we're talking about, this whole thing, it's everybody's battle. It's my battle. It's my wife's battle. It's your battle. It's like we're in here and we're, we're here to celebrate Christ. We're here to learn. We're here to grow. And yet how many thoughts have gone through your head in the last 20 minutes about things that have nothing to do with God? I wonder if the shocks in my car are going bad. That's what happens, right? Silly things. Ridiculous things. But the challenge is this. And it goes back to, Lord, search me. Search me, Lord, and show me what's in my heart that offends you. Show me that I might then put it down and lay it down at your feet. Let's pray. Father, you have called us to a life of obedience. You have called us to a place to reflect you and your spirits working in our lives. Father, if there is one thing we need, it is your spirit to walk by because the flesh will not ever satisfy you. And so, Father, we pray that that today we would, even as we go into a new month, that we would every morning take time to ask you 
What in our lives needs to change today so that we might be controlled by your spirit rather than our flesh? In Christ's name, amen. I don't know what you do, but do it.